All right, Sharon. gentlemen how y'all doing out there today welcome to the side joan it's your boy dennis holmes in the building i'm here with the chocolate girl what's going on chocolate girl hey everybody i'm here i am here how are you doing today you know it's my favorite day of the week favorite day of the week (laughs) and uh i'm happy to be here we got a great show this morning you know i got listen we got a show so good for y'all this morning we actually renamed the show to Man on Fire because the way that he's touching the airwaves and light, you know, and talking to the youth out there and helping them in a major way, we had to call this show Man on Fire. Now, right. we are talking about, uh, I'm going to say radio host, coach. Also, he is director of player and personnel at St. Joe's and he's a former player of St. Joseph's alma mater. We are talking about the one, the only, E. Woods. Eric Woods, a.k.a. E. Woods. You don't What's up, Dennis? Me. What's up, what Dennis? Going? What's going on? How's everything, man? Everything's good, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, uh, one thing. Yeah, how are you? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? All right. One thing we always do here is we always start off and ask you how was your week. So be, being the fact you're a guest, how was your week, E. Woods? Oh, man, the week was pretty good, man. Um, a, a, a lot of planning for the spring semester has already begun. Um, big week for my son. Prep football, state championship game this week. Okay. Wow. Um, All right. So that's going on. Uh, uh, getting the house ready for Christmas, you know, all those good things. Mm-hmm. That's good. How about you, Chocolate Girl? Well, my, my Christmas decorations haven't come out yet, uh, but I do have them ready to come out the closet. So <laughs> put my Christmas Christmas decorations out. 
Um, it's, it's, it's been an interesting week. I, I say that almost every Saturday, don't it? It's been interesting. interesting um, but it's been a good week. Very busy. Just trying to get things taken care of before I'm I'm off work for a few days for the holiday. That's good. That's good. I had I had a real good week. Uh, same old, same old. You know, make sure the kids are cool. Everybody's all right. But at the same time, that's PK, as y'all know. Um, <laughs> that's just how I feel. But besides that, like I said, we got a special guest in the brother. We got E Woods in the house, and E Woods. Now you're from St. Louis, right? Yes, sir. From St. Louis, basketball player from St. Louis. Mm-hmm. What's that like? Playing basketball, St. Louis. How how was that journey? Um, you know, growing up, I played a lot of sports. Um, I played every sport really, and then I gravitated toward basketball. Um, as a late my junior year in high school, and then into my senior year, um, and I really, and I really got a break um, just by playing against, you know, some of the best guys in the city during my during my era. Um, it would be former Sixer Larry Hughes. Uh, he was in my class. Um, Justin Tatum, Jason Tatum's father. Uh, he was in my class. Uh, and then those those guys were the headliners. But you know, in my class of guys that are prominent in in my area, um, I want to say about um, ten to twelve of us went to Division One schools. And then the big part about that was um, we played on a travel basketball team all together. So we played against each other in high school at different high schools. But in the summertime, we came together and played on one team called the St. Louis Eagles, which is now Bradley Billy Elite. Um, and on that squad, you know, we had all those guys I just mentioned, plus, um, plus myself and, you know, about seven or eight other division one guys and we won the high school national championship for aau in 90 in 90 um 96 97 that summer so uh that's in the record but you want to go look that up st louis eagles led by (laughs) led by larry hughes and justin and justin tatum you know i've seen some clippers on that right there (laughs) <laughs> now so what high school did you go to what's the name of that the name of my high school was Hazelwood East and my high school was really a, a football school so um I'm gonna drop some more names on you here from my football school you know we had um guys that came before me were um uh uh, uh Bernard Whittington played for the Colts okay Terrell Fletcher played for the um, San Diego Chargers for years. Um, but then in my era, in my class, actually, I had Reggie Jeremy that played for Ohio State, played for the Buffalo Bills. I had Jamar Fletcher who played for the San Diego, the, the Dolphins, and then the um, Cincinnati Bengals. Brian Fletcher, Terrell Fletcher's brother, played with the Colts. And Peyton Manning those years with Marvin Harrison and those guys. He was a tight end. Right. Um, so Reggie, Brian, Jamar, and there was one other. I can't call it right now. But um, those guys are in my class on my teams. 
So I played basketball with three NFL guys also. Hmm. So um, at Hazelwood East, man, he a powerhouse in St. Louis. You can look that up too. That's in the <laughs> books. So, okay. So now it's your senior year. Mm-hmm. And I, at, at this time, y'all did mail in offers. Yeah. So you got offers. Yep. So, what were some of the offers you can remember at the time? Oh, oh man. Creighton, Bradley, uh, uh, Texas State, um, St. Louis. I was one of them. Uh, Creighton, Wichita State, uh, St. Joe's is really one of the uh, schools from the East Coast that recruited me. So uh, out of all my offers, St. Joe's was was really the only school that was up in the East Coast. And I had never been up here before. So when, when I came on my visit, man, I was like, wow, Philadelphia, I'm staying here. Right. <laughs> so I committed to St. Joe's on my visit and, wow. and having wow. been back since. Yeah. Wow. On a visit? Dang. On a visit. <laughs> hey, look, the coach, uh, the coach took me down to South Street, had a cheesesteak and some pizza, man. I was hooked. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be the food. Gotta be the food. <laughs> that, wow. That is crazy. Yeah. On a visit. Now, when you went, because that's crazy that you came from St. Louis to Philly. That's and you far. Visit. That, that, mm-hmm. That's crazy. But when you when you got to Philly, and I, I guess they told you was getting playing time, you was gonna be the band. Mm-hmm. But you got there, and you know y'all got on the team. What was what was it like those first couple of years? So my first year, man, they threw me right into the fire, and really. To be honest, man, I really had no historical recollection of, of what Philly basketball was, what the Big Five was, you know, the intensity of which, you know, the, the, uh, that the fans rooted for their teams. You know, I had no clue. Mm-hmm. I also didn't have a clue about um, what what the level of competition w- would be like, right? So... Mm-hmm. My first year, like I said, they threw me right into the fire and I had to really hold my own. And I was able to hold my own because I was a good athlete and I was a good defender. Right. So I started as a freshman right at the gate. I started all season. Um, And we kind of we kind of struggled to find 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 who we were those first couple of years. I came into a team that was senior laden, had a lot of seniors on the squad. And then my sophomore year, uh, we were really young, sophomore, junior year. Um, what year is that? So 97, 98 was my freshman year. Okay. Okay. Um, so I came into a team with Rasheed Bay. Remember Rasheed Bay? Right. A little point guard from South Philly. Uh, Great player, um, one of St. Joe's best players of all time. Um, he was my freshman point guard. He was my senior point guard that year. He's one of um, St. Joe's best players. Like he's one of them, though. Like out yeah, of the yeah. five, how to what? Out of five, you would say he's one of them out of five. Rashid Bay. So, so, uh, top five St. Joe's all time. I mean, this is what you saying. Oh, That's oh, oh, uh. uh he probably top 10. Okay. 
Top 10, top 10. Top, I wouldn't say top five, probably top 10 because, because we had a lot of pros come behind him after that. Um, so he's so he top 10. But yeah, man. So um freshman, sophomore, junior, kind of rocky. And then we finally hit and you know got to the NCAA tournament my senior year, which was a great experience. Um and during that year. I really found my leadership where I was able to lead a group of guys just based on my work ethic, based on my competitiveness, based on um, just my love for everybody and team. And I was really able to lead us in those times, you know, and we had a good mix of young and old guys. Right. So my senior year was Jameer Nelson's freshman year. So I, I was able to share with him, you know, all the, all the things that that you know that we struggled through those first three years before he arrived and 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 I was really able to help you know him you know focus and help him lead us really like, on the floor because he was a uh, he was a man child coming in as a freshman he really killed it so uh, he really led us a long way from a production standpoint um so I would say that my career was a good ride man I had a lot of every a lot of experiences, um, traveling, playing basketball. We took a trip to Italy my sophomore year. We were in Italy for 10 days on a tour, playing pro teams over there. Um, and just just a lot of other experiences, man, that that a student athlete, uh, you know, got to enjoy. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. Now, your senior year, that's when y'all went to the tournament, right? Yeah, so Robert, that year. Robert O'Connor. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, he came in. Yeah, yes, sir. He came in and did his thing. Um, he had a great season that 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 uh, 2000, 2001 year. Uh, we were we, we were the best team in Atlantic 10, but we but we lost in Atlantic 10 tournament. We didn't win that championship, but we ended up being the eight seed in the NCAA tournament. Got 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 into the West West bracket, played against Georgia Tech. Round one, beat Georgia Tech. So we made it to the round of 32. And we lost to Stanford, which was the number one seed that year overall. So we, we were in a tough bracket. But mostly at that time, they had the, the best shoot guard. Yeah, they had uh, Casey Jacobson. Casey Jacobson, yeah. And they had the Collins twins, the big twins. Yeah. Um, they were a tough squad, man. But we were tied with them 80-80 with a minute left, Dennis. I know. I see. I watched the game. Yeah, I know it's it's kind of crazy because as you were in college, I'm in high school, and it's like, yo, we got to watch Marvin O'Connor, and I'm like, yeah. all right, well, let's watch. So we watching the game, we rooting it. That that's when he scored. Uh, I think he scored like so many points in a minute. Like he no, really no. like went off because his no. first half he was he was so, like shaking. I was like, man, I don't know if he gonna do. It. Like because yeah. I was like, I don't know if he gonna do it. But the second half he came out and he was like, I was like oh, yeah. Like so that. That minute game was against LaSalle. And I forget the total number. But against Stanford in the tournament, he had 37 right. overall. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if if we could afford that off, man, that, that 37 would still be talked about in greater light today. But and, and we couldn't pull it out. But that game against LaSalle, I, I think it was like 18 points in a minute. <laughs> he was 
he was on fire for that minute, man. We were trying to come back. That's why he, that's why he scored so many points in that in that row because I think we were down trying to come back, and uh, he just started hitting three after three after three. Man, that's and that's back when LaSalle was actually a good team. Yeah, you know, LaSalle, La, 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 LaSalle was tough. They had Donnie, Vince. Uh, what was Vince's name? No, Victor, Victor Thomas. Right. Sue Butler. Sue Butler. They were tough. Rest, rest in peace. R.I.P. Suley, Bip Bop. Um, yeah, so they were tough. Definitely, definitely was tough. Now, um, you graduate. Mm-hmm. Graduate St. Joe's. What was the thoughts after the graduation? Oh, man. Oh, after graduation, man, you know, which is great. I'm in my job right now, man, because because I needed somebody like me back then. Hmm. Because I graduated and and really didn't know what I wanted to do. So um I worked in basketball marketing for a couple of years at AN One Basketball. Remember AN One? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and I worked on a mixtape tour and I was traveling around doing the mixtape tour. Um doing a player relations thing um, with all the mixtape players. And I was also doing some um, stuff with our NBA guys. So I did that for about two years. And then, you know, being around basketball on that side and doing some training and things like that, I really felt like my calling was going into education and, and being a coach. So... I started the process of um, uh, becoming a teacher and becoming a coach. And my first coaching job was at Penwood High School where my guy, Rap Curry, I was there with him for a year. I think I think it was 04 to 05. And then after that, my next stop was at M- And I coached at Emotep for two years. Okay. That's back when it was... Emotep with the uh, trailers. Yeah, trailer, trailer life, bro. Yeah, I trailer remember. Life. So I was a health and PE teacher there and helping Brother Andre get that program off the ground. So I, I a lot of people don't know, man. Uh, I was one of Brother Andre's first assistant coaches. Mm, I had no idea. Yeah, helped him build that thing up, man. And show him how to really do this thing. I tell him all the time, man, if it wasn't for me being there, man, you wouldn't be nothing right now. <laughs> yeah, he got like what he got like eight or nine championships or something like that. Man, he really's doing his thing. I'm, I'm really proud of Brother Andre, man. He, yeah, I'm proud of him too, man. I got because mine. I know where I know where it came from, but I know our conversations in the beginning, man. And he always had that vision. Yeah, always had the vision. He said, "Man, all I need to win is a couple state titles, and they're gonna build me a gym." I was like, "Man, you crazy? They ain't gonna build no gym, man." He did it. Wow. Yeah. He did he really did? Yeah, and he uh, I did, got man. to that. I got to that school it was like two thousand nine. Yeah, I was there two thousand nine, in the kitchen as well. Oh, and okay, like, okay. Brand new school here. I'm like, but they was like, no, we used to be in trailer. Like, yeah, trailer. yeah. <laughs> it was like we used to be in trailer, and they still got the parking lot across the street where they yeah. used to have trailers. They still got the parking lot there. Yeah, and man, the trailer. The trailer footprint still there, man. They ain't never get rid of that, man. That's history mm-hmm. over there. I was just, I was just there this summer to see uh, Justin Evans, number number three player in the country. Dennis, I'm I tell you, listen. The 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 next time you drive by them, 
drive by Imhotep and you look at the trailer lane, right? Look at that basketball court that's out there. That's what we used to I've seen. I've seen the basketball court out there. That's, that that was our practice court. That's crazy. Outside. That's crazy. Outside. Outside. Real talk. Real talk. So when you say get out the mud, brother Andre got it out the mud. Got the mud. Yeah. We're gonna have him on the show. Yeah, you gotta have him, man, because his story is story is incredible. Incredible. But you was you was at MOTEP. What happened after you left MOTEP? So at the MOTEP, I went to uh Widener University. I coached at Widener for two years with uh Dave Dude and Chris Caridio. Chris Caridio is still the coach there now. Dave Dude has since left, he left Widener, went to go say, coach at St. Joe's, and I think he coached at St. Joe's for about seven or eight years. So I coached at Widener for two years. And while I was at Widener, I was an admissions counselor um, during the whole high school recruiting thing for regular students, not basketball players. But I used to go out, do high school college fairs and do that type of thing and do high school visits and, you know, talk to kids about what it takes to become a Widener student. Um, and my territory then was uh, they, they used to send me my African-American self up to Scranton and East Stroudsburg to go recruit students. Wow. <laughs> yeah. They had me on the road way up there, way, way up there. Nobody looked like me, but, but, mm -hmm. but you know, That's I'm able great. to navigate anywhere. Mm -hmm. That's, that is <laughs> wild. That is yep. wild. So when did, so when did you become, you know, the, the, the basketball, the basketball coach you was in? Uh, the basketball, what would you say? When did you become the basketball coach after you left Widener? So, so the uh, 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 the whole time I was coaching, what do you mean the basketball coach? I was coaching all the time, right? But you kept moving, like it was at one point you was at um, you was at Roman. Oh, oh, and so, so, so I coached at so many stops, man. So, let me break it down for you. So, Widener <laughs> to Apex Academy, which was in Jersey. And then after Apex, I went to go coach at Delaware County Christian. Okay. After Delco Christian, I stopped coaching for a little while and I did my well, my player development thing, um, which is called Excel Basketball, which I still do to this day, where I train small groups, individuals. I do clinics. I do camps. Um, so I stopped and did that for a while. And then, if I'm not mistaken, after after Delco Christian, I went to go coach at Bayard Rustin, which is in Westchester. That's the newest high school in Westchester, which has been open about 12 years now at this point. Um, I coached there for a year. Uh, where did I go after Rustin? Can't remember after Rustin, but eventually I wound up at Roman and I coached at Roman for three years. And you got to coach the uh I think you had the number one player in the country at one point. Yeah, so my second year Roman, we I had um I had Jalen Duran, Justice Williams, who's at who's at LSU. So Jalen plays for the Pistons right now. All right. Justice plays for LSU. And they were on the team with Lynn Greer, Seth Lundy, Hakeem Hart. Seth is at Penn State. Hakeem Hart is at Maryland. So I had all those guys on one team. Where did Lynn Greer go? 
Langre, he at St. Joe's right now. Oh, uh, you got him with you. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he went to uh, he went to Dayton first. He transferred back here last year. Okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So that's 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 been my coaching journey. Oh, I can't leave out. Um, I last stopped last year. I was at um, um, shoot, I'm tripping. Um, uh, uh, Crystal Ray. Okay. 17th in Allegheny, great school. Uh, that's one of the most beautiful, beautiful campuses I've been on inside the city. 17th Yeah, they, they, they've carved out a little campus at 17th and Allegheny. It's beautiful. Um, a, a nice athletic field outside, a great athletic facility inside, beautiful school, classrooms. Oh, man, beautiful. It's a hidden gem in our city as far as a facility and a campus. Okay. Crystal Ray. Beautiful. Crystal Ray. Wow. Yep. Well, uh, what you what you playing basketball on field? Mm-hmm. Now, what was that like? Because I know you were sitting the courts outside, you know, and getting to meet those Philly basketball players. Yeah. So you uh uh, you know, of course, I had a competition, you know, playing in the Big Five against some Philly guys. But my real introduction to Philly basketball as a whole was playing Sunny Hill down in Temple at the old McGonagall Hall. Not, not Lee, of course, but the old McGonagall. Right. Where they had the patio out front where all the old men used to sit out, sell cakes and sell platters. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so that was my real introduction to Philly basketball. Um, and that was an experience, man, because how that worked is, you know, there were coaches who selected kids from each team in the team around the city and right. go down and play on your coach's team. So I could play. My team could have a guy from LaSalle, a guy from Penn, a guy from Westchester, a guy from Drexel, a guy from LaSalle, a guy from Temple, you know, D2 schools around the area, everywhere, right? So we play against each other in the Sunny Hill League. And I feel like people don't have, don't need no other uh, description besides Sunny Hill League. No. 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 Everybody know what that is. And now the next introduction, now, now I never had a chance to play in this, but I would always go watch because um, a friend of mine on the team, Andre Howard, was an Overbrook alum. He lived in North Philly, right? He would always take me down in the summertime down to 16th and Susquehanna. Yeah. Man, now, now, now back in the late 90s, bro, talk about a real basketball playground atmosphere. It was crazy. It was crazy. Um, I know you know this name, Sad Eye. Sad Eye. Never seen him. Never seen him play. Probably oh, walked past him a bunch of times. Oh never my goodness! So yeah, man. I was able to get on hitting that scene. I never got a chance to play it on there, man. But it was a great experience getting down there. So Philly basketball was definitely. Um, uh, something I got to experience inside and out. So who who gave you who gave you the uh, 
the, the introduction. What, what, what player got you with the introduction in Philly basketball? Uh, what, what player actually came to you know came to you and gave you some? Uh, I would have to say some smoke. Yo, listen, I'm gonna tell you who it was, right? Uh, so two people. Yada, you know Yad Davis, Arthur Davis. Right. He was St. Joe's guy, but he didn't, but 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 he never finished at St. Joe's. Um he was my first real introduction to Garden uh Philly Guard in St. Joe's gym. Uh gave me a little bit of smoke as a young pup. Uh but then in game, a real official game under the whistle. Catino Mobley was that guy for me. <laughs> <laughs> he played at Rhode Island at the time. Um, and not that he really, not that he really, you know, scored a lot of points on me. It was, it was just the way he went about how he played the game. Real crafty, dirty in a crafty way, but not dirty, disrespectful, just dirty, trying to dirty, dirty in a strategic way. You know what I mean? Like he would uh, pull your jersey and stuff like that. And uh... how he know how to, how he know how to hold me while he's on offense and, and hold me off and get to his spot or, okay. Or, or wrap his arm in my arm and get a foul call. Like, right. Like that type of stuff. Uh, he know how to catch and pivot real well. So that was all the stuff that I that I'm pretty sure helped him be a pro for the or as long as he played. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was a very crafty guy. But I called him when he was a senior, man. And I was a freshman, so he gave me the business a little bit. Was the game in Philly? Yeah. Um Oh, we actually so had the whole family out there. Oh, we, thank you. We, actually, <laughs> we actually beat them at St. Joe's my freshman year, and we lost to them up there. Okay. Down here, they, I, I, my claim to fame was I held them to 11 points down here. Held them to 11. I know you was uh now because I worked with you, so I I know that you was uh telling me that you know you would see Kobe practicing over on the side, yeah. But you never played against him enough. But you always seen him, yeah. Doing the thing, yeah. I talked to him a few times, man. Uh, bumped into him in the weight room a couple of times. Uh, just good experience to talk to him and and uh. <laughs> Uh, you know, introduce myself, and I. The biggest thing was being able to watch him work. Uh, I, I think the, that was the biggest thing that that um, stuck with me, just watching him work. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I wanted to uh, also wanted to know. So, who who would you say? Uh, I want I want to know your top five from St. Louis. First. Top five where? Top five ball players from St. Louis. 
Top ball players from St. Joe's or St. Louis? No, St. Louis. St. Louis. St. Top Brown from St. Louis. All right. So, um, Larry Hughes. Okay. That's one. Wait, hold on. Justin Tatum first, right? Justin Tatum was better than Larry Hughes? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You've seen Larry Hughes' pro career. You've seen Justin. You've seen Jason' career. I'm just asking. I ain't, I'm just saying, this is your, this is your list. This is your opinion. That's all I'm just yeah. saying. So, so it's just so it's, it's Justin Tatum. No. Larry Hughes. No. Jason Tatum. Oh, Jason Tatum. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were saying his dad was better than Larry. Jason Tatum. Brad Bill. Brad Bill, okay. Larry Hughes. Uh. Anthony Bonner. Remember Anthony Bonner played for the Knicks? Yeah. yeah he's he from St. Louis. And then I'm going to go. Uh, was Darius Miles from St. Louis? Dar- Darius Miles was from East St. Louis. So mm-hmm. it's y'all like. Y'all don't count me? <laughs> no, so, so, look, so look. East St. Louis is. St. Louis is Camden. Okay, so it's, that's like East Philly. Okay. So yeah, right. So it's in Illinois and Camden, right. New Jersey. It's not in Missouri. Right. It's not in Missouri, but right. it's East St. Louis. So right, right. Just like y'all don't claim Camden, you know, <laughs> we, we, we don't really claim them either. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, but but D. Miles, he definitely part of the landscape of of St. Louis basketball. Like he grew up playing against all us, right? You know what I'm saying? Okay. But but we ain't claiming he's not getting on his list. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and then I'm gonna say my, my number five, I'm gonna go Chris Carrawell. Chris Carrawell played at Duke. I was about to say that name sounds familiar. Yeah, he a Duke assistant coach right now. Chris yeah, Carroll okay. had a great career at Duke, mm-hmm. nice, solid player. He never was a pro, but he had a solid college career, and he's and he is an assistant coach now with, with Duke. Duke. But he was really one, 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 one of the first guys that kind of mm-hmm. led that, that superstar high school dude in St. Louis, right? He was, I, I, he was Mr. Everything. Okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna let uh, I'm gonna let Chocolate Girl take over. I want you to think about your top five Philly guys. I'm gonna oh, come okay. back to that for you. All right. I'm gonna let Chocolate Girl take over. All right. All right. No problem. <laughs> I I mainly want to ask you about your program. That's okay. the most interesting thing to me. Okay. Um. So most of my questions are gonna deal with that. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. B- b- raise your bar. Yes. Raise your bra. I see you smile when I say that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah. How did you come up with that name, first of all? So, so I was thinking about my what I wanted to call it because of what I wanted to give, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, I wanted student athletes, young student athletes, to be better than what they are. Mm. So, you know. And thinking about that, I also wanted to be creative 
with the name and have the name have meaning to uh to the message right right so i was just sitting down sketching out names and playing around with stuff in my head and then i saw somebody that had a logo with some arrows how you know uh, you know, in the army, you have the stripes that look like arrows that go up. You have the uh, mm-hmm. the rank stripes, mm-hmm. and they're positioned in an arrow, right? Kind of going up. Mm-hmm. Um, but this person had the arrows going down, so I was like, "Wow, that's cool." Let me flip those and and point them up. So that was like raise, and and then the general phrase "raise the bar" came to mind, right? But that's a phrase that, that a lot of people use. Right. Raise the bar. Mm-hmm. So that, that I'm like, no, that's the phrase everybody uses. How can I make it personal? And then it just clicked. Raise your bar because your bar is different from my bar. Right. And my bar can't be your bar. Mm-mm. Right. You have mm-hmm. to set your own standard. That's right. And if you don't have your own bar and my standard is here and and i want you to be where i am you'll never reach your potential because you always you're always measuring yourself up to my bar and my expectations right Mm -hmm. your expectations should should exceed anybody else's expectations for you and never match anybody so Mm -hmm. that's kind of where i came up with the name um raise your bar now you said you wanted you wanted young athletes to be better. Mm-hmm. In what way? What what kind of things were you seeing yeah. that motivated you to take action to do something to help them? Yep. So the first piece was academic success. Mm-hmm. So in our community, young student young young student athletes don't really understand what it means to put that actually put that student before athlete Mm -hmm. and I just thought if I could help them with tools to be better in the classroom I feel like when they have the tools now they feel like they can do better because they now they have some tools so I wanted Mm -hmm. to create a message that had tools for them to be better students not just say, hey, you got to be a better student. Hey, you got to make better grades. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually going to give them, okay, here's a couple of things that you need to do to ensure that you are a great student. All right. The first thing you need to have great relationships with the people in your school building, the teachers, the administrators, so they know you are invested in your schoolwork. Second thing is you need to create good study habits. All right. Here's what good study habits look like. All right. Then you, you need to get a routine and a plan that helps you study, right? You can't approach your schoolwork at the last minute. You have to you have to do a little bit at a time. And if you wanna do good on a test and your test is next Monday, you can't start studying next Sunday night. You have to start studying today. Right. Do a little bit every day leading up to that test. So it's just general tools that they can understand and apply, right? That's the big thing. Okay. Um, the next thing was around leadership. You know, athletes, especially in our community, 
in African-American community, you know, athletes are looked up to, right? And I really feel that as a student athlete, if you really want to focus on being a leader in a positive way, you can create change in your community, mm -hmm. in your school, on your team. Um, but um, again, there's tools that, that you need to apply to that leadership mentality that help you get to that point. Um, then I talked to them about the importance of strength and conditioning, how to make their body the best it can be. Because a lot of young athletes think that they can just play the game and not worry about their body. But if your body's not right, you can't play your game. If you're not strong, you can't compete. So I give them tools in that area. And then we talk about what it takes to de develop your skills. Um, because uh, again, a lot of them think they can just show up and play. But you know, every sport has a skill that, that you need to master. And the more you master that skill, the more comfortable you are and the more confident you are playing that sport. And like it's again something that a lot of them don't understand until it's, you know, um, it's too late and then their window to be successful has passed them by. Um and then the last piece, which I just added recently, is a social media responsibility piece mm -hmm. where it teaches them what responsible social media use is and how to brand yourself in the best way possible. Because nowadays, athletes have a lot of, a lot of opportunity to monetize who they are just through social media, just through brands wanting to partner with them to endorse their products on social media. So um, there's a way for student athletes to, you know, build great reputations online and do it in the right way. Also, who they are on social media has a chance to influence others as well. So just like being a leader in, in real life, they can show leadership on social media also by, you know, Xing out the cyberbullying, stepping into social media disputes and being somebody who can um, re resolve conflict just by who they are. Okay. Now, as part of that social media responsibility, do you also talk to them about not only what they should use it for, but also what not to do on oh, yes. social media? Yeah. Because yeah. I tell you, that's that's a really, really big problem. Some of these these young students are just going on social media and posting all kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. That they really should not be posting. <laughs> yeah. So that's that, that's really the first part about the social media responsibility piece. We don't really, or I don't really talk to them about what they should do. I talk to them about the don'ts first, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because who you are on social media really goes a lot further because if I'm a coach that's recruiting you and I see, oh, um, Eric Wood scored or 25 points today. He scored 25 points yesterday. He scored 30 points last week. Uh, let me go check out Eric Wood's social media. Oh man, look at Eric Woods. He's drinking beers, he's smoking weed. Uh, he got girls in his pictures, like all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. you know, could come back to haunt me. Or if, if they're on social media using profanity and some videos, like, like all that type of stuff comes back. And that's the first thing 
that these college recruiters go look at is, is your social media nowadays. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely, absolutely true. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, that's good that you added that component. Yep. Because um, that shows that you're you're um, really paying attention to what's going on and you're able to pivot when you need to. Yeah. So that's good. Um, so this in this programming, is it a one day, one time workshop event or is this something that provides ongoing interaction with the student athletes? Yep. So right now it's just a one day event where I go in and do like a motivational speech touching on all those points I just shared. Um, mm-hmm. But what I hope to do is, is partner with more schools and hopefully districts and give them a chance to, you know, bring me in and do ongoing mentorship and leadership development inside mm-hmm. their, inside their schools. So I'm working with Mathacton High School and I just signed a contract last month and, and I'm going to be going to Methacton on three visits. The first visit is going to be a large group talk where I'm going to give uh, the raise your bar message. But, but, but on the next two occasions, I'm going to come back and talk to a small quarter cohort of student leaders and really dig into, all right, how can you guys be leaders here in this school? What can you put in place right now to help you guys be positive role models, social, um, uh, social justice, you know, engines, you know, and and really give them things to make their school community great. So that's kind of the that's kind of the um, pilot for what I want to do on a larger scale. So thank you for asking that question. That's definitely the target. That's definitely the goal. Good. I mean, because I'm sitting here talking to you and I'm I'm my brain is just going in all kinds of direction because this is so exciting. <laughs> and um, I'm sure, like you said earlier, you wish you had somebody like you in your right. life right. when you were making the transition. Yeah, definitely. When you're dealing with students, I know you get questions all the time. And when you do these these talks and and you open up for questions, what's the main questions that they're asking you after you've done your talk? The main question that kids ask is what's college like? Mm. What's college like? uh, How'd you get to your college? Mm. So so kids are very interested in what college is like and the the journey it, it took to get there. Got it. Okay. So um, it really just tells me that, you, you know, kids, kids need to be exposed to that college life, that college experience early on mm-hmm. so they can begin to start to see themselves there. Right. So right. Um, I try to paint the picture as clear as I can and start it from an academic standpoint that, you know, your academic ability will open doors for you way before your athletic ability. That's kind of the mantra that I share with them. So um, I kind of bring it back to academics and let them know that you can't, yes, yes, I could play basketball uh, uh, really well, but if I didn't have grades, I wouldn't have even had a chance. Mm -hmm. So um, 
just answering those questions up front, but but definitely the college question is the most asked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And see, this is every generation of kids. You always have uh, some kids that don't see the importance of the education. Right. Especially when they are athletically gifted and they assume that I can't make more money just because I get a college degree. I can make more money if I get this good playing basketball. Mm -hmm. So this is what I want to focus on. I don't need to focus on my schoolwork. I want to focus on ball. That's what I want to focus on. And so when you, if you, if you run across a kid like that, what is your reaction to him? And how, how do you choose your words carefully enough to not com- be combative, but to help him see the light? <laughs> and yeah, so, so to speak. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And it's a great point that you make, you know, choosing the words carefully because it's not so much that, that you don't want to be combative. You don't want to crush his hopes and dreams. That too. Yeah. If, mm-hmm. if that's what he's aspiring to. Mm-hmm. Be, 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 because there are stories, well, the NBA is a destination and mm-hmm. the NFL is a destination, but it's not promised. So that's, so, so, so that's what I want to get across. Yes, you, you could be great, but it's not promised to you. So, you know, how are you going to use your ability as an athlete to get all you can out of your, your athletic ability? Mm-hmm. And the and the only way to do so is if you get your academics correct and you get an education. Mm-hmm. And if you get an education, that the, those doors that open up for you as an athlete will be even wider once you take advantage of that education. Yeah. So if you are an educated athlete now the world is yours mm-hmm. because all you have to do not all you have like it's not that easy but really all you have to do is use your athletic ability get that scholarship get on campus take your academics serious make great relationships set a plan in place for what you want to do after you graduate and sky's the limit you're right. You're absolutely right. And um, what they don't realize is even if their athletic ability gets them a scholarship and they go to school, right? Mm-hmm. The relationships that they make in school can help them later on. Let's say they do make it to the NFL, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, wherever they go. Afterwards, I mean, Father time is undefeated. So eventually they're going to have to retire. That ball going to And what are they going to do? Yeah. Right? But if you've built these good relationships, which could have started, you know, back in high school or college, either one, that helps you know and decide and be able to make that transition a lot more easily. Absolutely. Because you can, you can, I mean, I can, I can count the number of, professional athletes after they retire you never hear anything about them again never see them you know hear about them 
And then one day there'll be some article on this obscure player, you know, and he and he's down and out or she's down and out and yeah. and, and all of that. And you don't want to be that person. Yeah. Now you want to do everything you can to avoid being in that situation is what I'm saying. Yep. And so reaching students though to help them see this is difficult sometimes, especially yeah. with all the stimulation going on out here, all this media, you know, video games, music, the trap, all of that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, crazy. It's, it's, it's difficult to compete yep. as an adult. How do you get them to listen to you? You can tell when they're not when they're not listening. <laughs> Even when you're when a school books you and you're standing yeah. there talking, you can tell when students are listening to you and paying attention. Yeah. And those who are not. Yeah. But how yeah. do you get them to listen to me? Yeah. Just, you know, I'm an old man, you know. Now I'm not saying that you're old, but you know, <laughs> compared to them, you're ancient. <laughs> yeah. So um it to be honest, when I go, these schools I go into really differ. Like, like, mm-hmm. like I've been into, like I've been into predominantly white schools, and and and, and I've been in, and I've been into predominantly black schools, and I think me personally be, being able to change my demeanor in both settings, gotcha helps helps me it help helps me navigate both audiences, mm-hmm. right. So I'm just talk, and, and, and I'm gonna just talk about us, right? Mm-hmm. In in schools when I go to, in schools that I go to that are our schools, I have to go back into my dean, assistant principal role first, mm-hmm. and set the ground rules. Got you. My voice is it. <laughs> if you, you can't sit and be quiet we gonna remove you mm-hmm. right but then my big thing i like to use is 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 this right here i'm gonna lay it out for you i start with this i'm gonna i say raise it raise your hand if you want to be successful mm. mm-hmm. Everybody putting their hands up. Right, of course, all the hands go up. Mm-hmm. Right. And I say, all right, great. But I'm gonna say the important the, the unfortunate thing, guys and girls, the unfortunate thing is there are there there are some of you in this room who are not going to get it. Mm-hmm. But there are some of you in this room who this message is going to change your life. It gets their attention now. Now, which one are you? Oh, wow. And they sit back in the chair. They like, sit oh, back. Like, like, That's like, when they sit back, oh. right? Just like that. Oh. oh. They're like, whoa. Did he? What did right. He? Right. <laughs> so, so. That's the first part. Then, then, and the second part I say is, you you can be the one. Mm-hmm. You can be the one. You can be the one to do great things in this world. Mm-hmm. You can be the one who gets your family out of poverty. 
Mm-hmm. You can be the one who becomes a star. Mm-hmm. But you're not the only one who wants that. Mm-hmm. You're not the only one who wants to get a good career. You're not the only one who wants to be the president of a company. Mm-hmm. You're not the only one who wants to be the star on the basketball team. Mm-hmm. You're not the only one who wants to be a lawyer or a doctor. So what are you going to do to separate yourself from everyone else who wants to be great? Good and, question. And then I'll bring it back to the title. You have to, if you want to separate yourself, you have to raise your bar hmm. higher than anybody else. And those two little, those two little points of emphasis mm-hmm. gets them. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think you're right. And I think it, it will separate those that really are not. Yeah. yeah. That's very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the ones that really are, are really about what you're talking about, you, you've captured their attention right there. Right. And they'll sit up straight and pay attention, quiet yeah. down, no more wrestling the papers and doing all, no more of that. Talking, laughing, joking. Yeah. Right. All that ceases right there, right? Yep. <laughs> but, um, okay, here's a question I, I have. Looking at what's going on in college sports now, Okay. With branding, the way that they brand, you know, everything is digital now. So everything is fast paced, of course. Yeah. So with branding, the NIL agreements and transfer portals and all that stuff going on in, in NCAA, what are the core teachings that high school student athletes especially really need to focus on to prepare for navigating such adult business and career decisions? Uh, I think you hit on two of them Mm -hmm. right away with the business and career. Mm -hmm. They have to be minded in in both those areas. And from a business standpoint, I'm talking about being financially financially um, educated Mm -hmm. on how to manage everything that's going to be coming their way. And again, like that's like, that's another piece of education that I didn't have. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So when I came out and started earning, I didn't understand how to put money here and there and make it work for me. Right. Um, so I think that's, that's, that's number one in the business side of things. Right. And, and two, they got to see themselves as a business, right? Right. They, they they have to go into their college life and see themselves as a business, Mm -hmm. see themselves as a functioning business, um, Mm -hmm. see themselves as a brand. So getting educated around those things when it comes to business. And then I think on the career standpoint, like you mentioned, it's it's thinking about what career I want to go into as as I finish school. Right. So as I come into school, I'm really preparing on that career in my life after sports, because you're you're going to need a career 
after sports. Um, so business, career, and I think the last piece should be centered around character development. Mm. Because if you know these young kids come into college and they have some character development, you know, not so much training, but guidance and mentorship, mm-hmm. it'll set them on the right track. So character development, career focus, and business-minded, if they have those three things as they go into college, they'll be able to navigate, not easily, but but better than they would have if they didn't have the education. Okay. Very good, very good. So I wanted to pivot a little bit. Okay. A little bit. And I'm I'm gonna get your opinion on a couple of things. All right, let's do okay. it. So what what is your view on college student athletes getting compensated while they play in college? Um I personally I personally have been back and forth on this because I was somebody who went to school mm-hmm. and did okay and just had the scholarship, mm-hmm. right? My scholarship back then was worth 100,000. Did you starve? Were you starving for food? Did you no. like be, have to go all weekend, couldn't eat? And... So, so <laughs> I'm just asking. Uh, <laughs> so people make those stories and make those generalizations. And that really wasn't my experience. And I doubt that there's any other Division One athletes experience. Um, mm-hmm. So we had the scholarship, which came with unlimited meal money, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we got per diem for uh, weekend days when the calf uh, was closed. So th- that per diem was like $100 a weekend. And I'm not going to eat $100 worth of food a weekend. Mm-mm. So a half of that was going toward entertainment, right? Right, of course. So um, that's what had me for so long on the side of, man, we get $100,000 scholarship. We, we get a free education. That's the money right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, as the, the whole world started turning, and people started monetizing off of, off of social media and a name image likeness. And, you know, colleges are really profiting more and more and more off of student athletes. You know, they have to start, they had to start giving something. So they had to start bending. And it's not even the colleges that are bending now. It's colleges staying out the picture but allowing student athletes to partner with organizations, companies, businesses right, right. Uh, uh, to be paid. So mm-hmm. NCAA is still not giving up a buck. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> and the universities aren't either. No. And that's, and that's fine. No. It's, that's fine with me. That's fine with me. I wasn't a student athlete when I was in college. Right. Yeah. Um, I went to a Big Ten school. I, I stayed in the athletic dorms. Everybody around me was on scholarship. I saw what they got. Right. And none of them was starving. None nobody, of them. <laughs> okay. Nobody, nobody starved. So. But um, 
So here's okay. So some people have said that they have concerns that the idea of compensating student athletes um, who are amateurs really and while they're in college, this is going to lead to the commercialization to even uh, of even high school sports. That you know, like where does it end? Okay, so we're now we're 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 going from the professional ranks, and now we're striking NIL deals with college athletes. Okay, we're gonna do this for a while. Next thing you know, high school athletes are gonna start doing that. Yeah. Right. Do you do you see that, that that could happen, or do you is that a legitimate concern, or do you think nah, that's not really gonna go in that direction? No, it are it. It already happened. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a done deal. Mm-hmm. The high school, the the high school athletes are being compensated already from yep. outside organizations. So, yeah. Um, I I was reading about it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think we can stop it. Uh, I just think we have to do what we talked about earlier: just educate kids on how to do it the right way. And parents and support, you know, systems need to be in place to make sure it's done the right way. Now, you know, a lot of these kids do not have that. (laughs) So that I mean, that is that is a that's a real concern. Dennis and I have had this conversation so many times. In fact, the first the first time I met Dennis. He had me on his um, on his sports podcast to talk about that subject. Okay. Myself and one of my other uh, one of my other friends okay. who loves sports too, and both she and I are on the same page. And, and I'm on this podcast with this room full of men who are all telling us that we were crazy and that they should be paid. And so I'm like, okay. And I mentioned the fact: where does it end? It's going to go spill down to the high school students, and then. Who's gonna be playing for the love of the game anymore? Who? I told you, I told how is how is that? How are they gonna play for the love of the game when they have parents that see dollar signs, and it's now acceptable in high school to strike deals with my fifteen-year-old? You know, mm-hmm. I, they can't sign a contract because they're not an adult. I have to sign for them. We got that, but it's okay that for him to strike. We're worried. We're so busy worried about the deal. They can't even just enjoy being a kid and playing a sport. So by the time they get to college, it's really all about the money. And then how are you going to how are you going to convince them? You still are a student athlete first. You're a student athlete. You need to get that education. That takes a back seat. If I've been getting money since I was 14 and 15 years old. <laughs> listen to you <laughs> yeah um i think the message the the message and the effort still has to be clear and centered around what's next mm-hmm. because what if this all stops today true what what happens when you're done and your career is over with mm-hmm. that that has to be the message that the constant you know in their face you know, idea for what their life is going to be once they're done. And they need to continue to prepare as if they don't have that NIL deal money coming and work toward that career. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. 
Yeah. I hope they listen to you. I hope I hope you can get in front of front of as many of these students as you can, and, yeah. and that you help them see that. Um, I have the my last question. Let me see. In general, for youth sports, what kind of changes do you think would you like to see in youth sports in general? Not only through um, through the like the uh, school districts, but also just community sports groups in competition you mean competition rec leagues hmm, what changes man? ymca yeah boy uh, scouts you know pop warner anything aau all of it aau yeah i did <laughs> AAU. i said aau <laughs> if 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 i were to implement a change into sports i would i would implement a pay to play system for the kids and paid by pay to play. I mean, paying through your time into um, another developmental area of your life. Right. Mm -hmm. So in order for you to play AAU or for you to play Pop Warner, you got to be involved in this um, career education class. It mm -hmm. talks about all the careers in tech, all the careers in engineering, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Or you, you got to be involved in this um, math enrichment program, right? Mm -hmm. I would I would have all of our leagues implement some type of educational or career enrichment type of messaging in order for kids to play and they have to and they have to complete this right so uh schools could partner with school leads could partner with school districts they could partner with local tutoring agencies like anybody who could give your your athletes and your program some enrichment that's what they need and that's what i would change about youth sports Good. I agree with that. Just give them something different. So when you so when you started, just make sure I'm on the team because I, right. I I agree with that. Definitely, yeah. definitely. I agree with that most definitely. I think that's that's a fantastic idea. Because they practice five days a week. Why not dedicate one day to that enrichment? Yeah, enrichment and giving back to your community. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. have some type of community service component to it That's a good not as much too. as not as much as the enrichment though the enrichment needs to be first yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. besides the uh, skill mm -hmm. you you pay to play through enrichment and community service mm -hmm. that'd yeah. be good all right mr dennis well thank you that looks good answers <laughs> dennis i throw that back to you sir that wasn't that bad um as the sheriff, <laughs> while you're still here Mm -hmm. One of the things that I did say to you that day is I think it's going to get worse. I think it's going to go all the way down mm -hmm. to literally. Oh, it is. That's what I was saying to you. It is. It's going to go all the way parents. down to the nine-year-olds. Yeah, well, I, I think six-year-olds. I think it'll be that far down. But uh, there's a lot of parents, you know, they they spend a lot of their time developing their kids to play these sports because they're trying to live their sports life through their kids. And well, that's exactly. what I'm thinking. That's have you, I see have you seen the um the the six year old twin brothers 
and then they have a third brother. It's two. It's a it's a set of twins. I think I I think they're six, seven, eight years old. It's a set of twins, and they have a brother, and they're playing basketball, and they play like grown men. I can't remember how young they are. They may not be as young as six. They might be middle schoolers. I haven't seen that. Yeah, I've seen it. I've actually seen it. I was just, I came across this um, page on IG. Okay. Okay. I'm looking at IG and I just, this reel came up showing these twin brothers playing basketball. And then in, in the, um, in the, uh, the piece, the story, they also profiled their little brother who was like a year or so younger Got it. And they all playing like, I mean, going hard to the basket, like grown. And these are little boys. And I'm looking at them in the people, in the media and all that. Stuff. I said, see, this, this is, see, this is what I'm talking about right here. And so they interviewed them. Yeah. I'm so-and-so and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, see, he's gone. Those kids right there, they're gone. They're gone. There's no, they're, they're gone. They are stars already. It's over with. <laughs> so anyway, if I find it, I'll shoot the link. I just cannot remember the name of it. So if I'm sure if I go back in my history, I'll see, I'll be able to find, you know, which, which um, page that I liked, you know, the videos and which videos I've been watching on IG. I'm sure I can find that. But yeah, I'll, I'll make sure I get it to you, Dennis. I'll make sure. Because it, it was so fascinating. I was like, wow, they, they're playing like grown men. Okay. All right. E Woods, we need we need that top five Philly ballers, man. Top five Philly ballers. Man, top five. You you don't get me in trouble here, man. Um I know. That, I know. That was that was the point. That was the point to get you in trouble. But I mean, yeah. right, let's just go by the ones that you played against. Man, that make it a little oh, easy. All right, top five I played against. Yeah. All right, we can do that easy. easy. We can do that easy. All right. This in no order. I'm gonna give you five. No order here. No, no order. order. No order. Yeah. All right. I want the order. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go Lane Greer. Okay. Um Rasul Butler, Donnie Carr. Katino Mobley's in there. That's four, right? That's four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sue Butler, Donnie Carr, Lane Greer, Katino Mobley. Oh, one more, one more. I'm going to say Arthur Davis because I played against him, but also played with him. So it's kind of a Arthur Yad Davis. Okay. That's not a bad fire right there, Dan. It's not a bad fire. It's not a bad fire. <laughs> I know That's two good. out of the five. I know two of them. <laughs> all right. That's not a bad five. Not a bad five. I know some people are going to be like, that's all he played against? Right. Listen, he played with Jameer, Marv, and Delante, but played against other people. But um, now, now, through this time you was being a coach and you was going through your journey, how did you get your radio show with uh, – with your co-host, um, I just had his name. God damn. What's your co-host name? 
Now I don't have a coach, but I was on this show. I did my first show with Del Greco Wilson. Right. Well, Wilson and Woods. Yeah, Wilson and Woods. Um, and that led to my next show. But the first show came about because um, I was introduced to a guy by the name of Malik Boyd. And Malik had me on his show on the on the same station that I was on. Six one oh. No, so he was on 860 AM. But back back when I did the first show, it was also connected to 610 ESPN. So after, after he had me on his show, um, he was like, man, um, the producers have been talking to me a slot about a sports show. So I sat on it for a little while and I didn't really, I never saw myself being on radio. Right. Um, but the more I thought about, it, I was like, man, Del Greco could be somebody who I could bring on to have a show. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I pitched the idea to them and um, they were like, yeah, let's call it Wilson and Woods. I'm like, whoa, I, I don't want to be on there. Uh, <laughs> I just want to give Dell the show. Uh, they were like, no. It sounds good. Plus, you're knowledgeable about sports. You're in the world. Um, uh, 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 you would have good insight. And plus, Dale, he's like a controversial person. Uh, you could be there, and I kind of calm down the uh, calm down the room a little bit. Um, <laughs> so I thought about it for a while, and I finally was like, "All right, all right, I'll do it." So we did that for about. I want to say about four or five months and then a pandemic hit. So then we had to end it because we had, um, it was all funded through sponsors and our sponsors couldn't really pay no more because you, um, uh, uh, you know, pandemic times. Yeah. uh, Money was tight. So Mm -hmm. we had to cut it. So um, what? Back, when did I start the show again? So back this past August, I called a producer up and I was like, you think we get Wilson and Woods back? They were like, no, we can't do Wilson and Woods, but we want you to do a show by yourself. And hold on one second. Okay. Wilson and Woods. That ain't that bad, though. Mm-mm. Be back with y'all in a second. Here you go. Yeah, so um, back back in August, um, they were like, we want you to come back and do a show. And at the time, it didn't really ring a bell about what I could do. Uh, so I sat on that as I sat on that for a second. And then it finally rung up. I was like, man, I could do a raise your bar radio show, right? Wow. Because I had the um raise your bar student athlete message was in my mind. I had been to a couple of schools and I was like, man, I could turn this into content 
on the radio. So I called back the producer or the manager rather. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And here's the format. He was like, no, let's call the Eric Woods show. I'm like, no, I don't want it to be the Eric Woods show. That's corny. <laughs> like, there are shows out there with people's name, but I didn't, but again, I didn't, I didn't want it to be about me. I wanted to be about the message, right? Yeah, okay, but they, but they know your your history, your, your background. Like you, you gotta got a right. lot of good things going for you, man. You know what I mean? Right? Like yeah. You just told and, us, you just told us this story, and we just get a, a one hour snippet of it. <laughs> like you got more stories to go with this. I, I worked with you. I, you know what I mean? Right. I've seen you. You know what I mean? Do you think? Um. And 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 that's what the manager said. <laughs> and Amanda's like, man, you're selling who you are, all your experiences. But but I was like, no, no, no. Let's let's just call it Raise Your Bar. So I, so I came up with the show, and the thought was to share some inspiration in the beginning, but give highlight to athletic leaders and to student athletes who are on the rise too to give people a chance to come and tell their stories about who they are, how they got where they are, um, uh, uh, what's made them great and how they found success. You know what I mean? And that's the thought behind the show um, is to encourage, motivate and inspire student athletes and athletic leaders to be great. And also give those same, those same people a chance to come on the show and tell their story and how they reached heights they've gotten to. That's good. That's, that's definitely good. Now, so you, you went through that, you got the show. Yeah. When you got the show, uh, when, when do you uh, start your new season? Uh, we're, we are in talks now, but, but I'm really trying to find a new platform. Um, but we are in talks now. To so you don't. Back. So the producers that you was talking to, you don't want to deal with them. Uh, it costs a lot of money then to be on there, and the sponsorship is slow, slow. Oh yeah, I know. I know the so, so you got to um, pay for the studio. But when we get offline, you'll tell me exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, um, I'm on the fence, right? Um, I like. I like the setup because it's with a radio station. Um, it's affiliated. I have a website. They have me on the website. I have my own page on the website. Um, so I like that aspect of it because it's easily easily accessible. But I could honestly do, do the same thing and create Spotify and iTunes accounts and no, no, Apple podcast account and do my own. Um, some way, somehow, you know what I mean. I can help you with that. That, that ain't a problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> not a problem. Man. I can help you with that. That's not a problem. Hey, so, like, yeah. so, so you gotta. So you just want to find a way to raise the bar. Keep, keep. And, and so, will you? You gonna interview some young athletes and some old ones too? Like, kind of like give yeah, it a mission. So, let people know uh, what what the journey that some other people been through. Yeah, and help people on the journey that they're going through. Yep. So that's so that's the um, that's the idea. So I, 
I did 15 shows, and out of the 15 shows, I had college and high school athletes on there, and I had one professional. Okay. And then I had um, coaches, athletic directors, trainers. Um, I had a mental health coach on, um, on athletic leader side. So I had a whole spectrum of people on each side. Thanks. Yeah. Um, good mix. I really like getting people on to give them a chance to share their story, you know? It used to be a guy that you used to walk around the track with. You had to walk around the track. So, you know, I've been, I've been following you for a long Yo, time. Yo, that's... So, 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 so that's Keith Hines. I talked to him last night, and um, uh, you had tuned into that a couple of times we did that. Yeah, I was Panthers and all that, man. So that's my man, Keith Hines. So he's, if you know St. Joe's track, there's a hawk walk up top. Right. So we would walk around uh, the hawk walk and like have a little conversation about a topic, whatever you want to talk about. Right. So um, we talk about the transfer portal. We talk about high school basketball. We talked about a few different topics, but that was fun. Uh, that was fun. He always uh, he always messed with me too, man. He's like, man, we don't we want to get back on the hawk walk. He was. I'm like, yeah, man, listen, I don't know. <laughs> I, I had some good stories on that hawk walk. Yeah, he did have some good stories on there, man. Some good stories on that hawk walk, man. I didn't even I didn't even know he knew that much was going on. You know, you never know what's going on until you actually tune in and you listen. And right. I'm a guy that you know, and that was definitely right during the pandemic, which I was taking that walk. Right. And I was the guy that was, you know, I was just all ears, just listening. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a he's a Philadelphia basketball historian. He's a he's a real gem. He's an old head, and he's a real gem. He got some good 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 stories, man. Man, that's yeah. my guy. He's he's actually the first Philly guy I met here because he was a camp counselor. Um, when Phil Martelli would do his summer camps. And in the summer, all the players would have to work coach camp. So he was, so he was the old head counselor who would work from the city. So man, he told stories all day long about Philly basketball all day long. He kept you laughing, kept you in, kept you entertained, man. He's a good guy. Man, that's, that's definitely good. I didn't even know it was uh, that many I didn't know Philly basketball was that big. I knew it was big, but I didn't know it was that big. Oh man! Until I got a little older, and then I had no clue. Like I told you, yeah. And then Philly boxing is that big as well. It's actually bigger than Philly basketball. Um, that's a whole other thing. I have no clue about. Yeah, Philly Philly boxing is on another level. Um, usually, if you wherever you see in the basketball court. Around the corner in a little dark alley, there's a boxing ring. Boxing boxing gym. Gym. Yeah, a little dark alley around there was usually a boxing gym. And I, I was like, why they got these boxing gyms in these weird places? But they be in there, they be in there, they be packed. Right. I ain't had no clue about none of this stuff until I became a teenager. Before that, all I wanted to do was play football. That's it. That's all I wanted to do. But I had to play basketball to stay in shape for football. And all my homies played basketball, so I had to play with them. Had to do it. 
Yeah, but besides <laughs> that, um, is there anything else you want to tell us before we get up out of here? No, nah, man. I just want to say thank you guys for having me, man. This has been good, man. Uh, now being being on the other side of the interview questions, mm-hmm. um, I'm as good. Mm-hmm. Just thank you guys for giving me a chance to highlight Raise Your Bar. Um, uh, I have some big goals for that. Um, and I really think it can do really good things here in the city just by letting, you know, kids who look like us hear the message of motivation and encouragement centered around athletics and academics, but, you know, academics first. Um, so thank you guys. I appreciate it. Wait, well, one more thing I do got to ask you. Yeah. Why is it that you never went back to St. Louis? That's what I always wanted to know. Are you the team and you just fell in? Oh, you got married. Oh, when did you get married? Man, I've been I've been married for 15 years, bro. Nice. And she's from Delaware, so. Locked <laughs> there you go. Right over the border. Right over. L- locked in. So. Getting on the plane, going back to St. Louis wasn't a thing. Wasn't a thing, yeah. Wasn't Nobody, a thing. Did y'all meet in college? Yep, she went to St. Joe's. Oh, yeah, that's why You wasn't one. No, it was, it was a wrap. It was a wrap, yeah. That's good, though. That's, that's definitely good. And, uh, yeah, you know, um, one another thing I wanted to say is your oldest, which I think your oldest son, about to yeah. play football this week for the championship. Yep. Yeah, wish him the best on that. Definitely yeah, man, him. shout out to St. Joe's Prep. We're taking on Harrisburg in the state championship game this week, 7 yeah. p.m. up at Cumberland uh, Valley High School. We're going for, I think, eight chips in 10 years, I think we're going for. Wow. Yeah, so. And I um, think they got, they probably got like 20 in the last 30 years, something yeah, like that. Yeah, uh, so, so it's a big game today. Hey, this is going to air on Saturday. So, yeah. So, today, St. Joe's Prep taking on Harrisburg tonight, 7 p.m. We're going to uh, bring back the championship, man. It's my son's senior year. So, oh, so, he played, so he played with Marv then. Yeah, yeah. He played with Marv. Yeah, well, that's nice. That is yeah. nice. Yeah, so, so, this is last go around. I'm going to try to make it happen. Okay. Uh, Chocolate Girl, you got any last words? Hey, it's never too late. Anything that you want to do, it's never too late. Every day you wake up is another day to get it right. So whatever it is you, you want to do, whatever you may have failed in the past or whatever, just pick yourself up, dust yourself off, start all over again, and keep it moving. And I also want to say thank you, Mr. Woods, for coming on the show. Very entertaining, very informative. Absolutely. Very insp- and very inspiring, too. So I like what you're doing. Keep up that good work. Thanks. Appreciate it. We're going to keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Uh, definitely proud of you, man. Keep doing your thing. We got to bring you back on for another show. Hey, man, we'll we got to. For another show later. You you got to bring me on, man. Have me, have me on for a current events sport talk, man. Talk that Deion Sanders situation out. You wanted to talk to Deion Sanders? I was going to ask you about it, and I said I'm not going to do it. You could have said something about it. We would have talked about it, but we'll definitely talk about it again. We'll talk about it. Yeah, we got to bring it back when football season starts. Yeah, we'll bring it back. Uh, Only other thing I think I wanted to say was one of the things I did like that you said is that, you know, when you got to raising your bar, it's not raising the bar. It's raising your bar. 
Yes. So you don't compare yourself to nobody else. Exactly. And a lot of people do that. And then they start exactly. to get discouraged. And they don't exactly. like it. And I, and I think right. that was a great message that you have there. And mm-hmm. I want to end the show on that. Raising your bar. Yes. That's exactly how I want to end the show. Get better. Exactly. Uh, thank y'all for coming out this morning. God bless. Uh, great day. Peace.